Welcome to Hack to Start, a podcast focused on interesting people and the innovative ways they achieve success. I'm Franco Variano. And I'm Tyler Copeland. Each week we speak with a new guest about how they created, hacked, and hustled their way to the top and distill their insights and experiences for you. The path to success isn't always linear. Hack, start, and repeat. This episode is brought to you by Breather. Find beautiful, practical spaces that you can reserve on the go. Ghost, a simple, powerful publishing platform that allows you to share your story with the world. And SoundCloud. Hear the world sounds. You're listening to episode 88 of Hack to Start. This episode features Elise Ramsey, the head of community at iGroove, an app for creating high-quality short videos with next-level effects to express your true self. Tyler and I wanted to invite Elise onto the show to share her story as an entrepreneur, creative, and community builder. Elise was previously the community manager at Wistia, a video marketing platform for businesses where she grew their community section to over 20,000 members and increased their social following by a multiplier of 5x. Her passion for video and enabling individuals to express themselves led her to join the team at iGroove. Elise joins us to share her story, how she got involved in startups, what she loves most about video, what she does as head of community at iGroove, and much more. This is an amazing episode you won't want to miss, so let's get to it. Hey, Elise, thanks so much for being on the show today. Hey, guys, thank you so much. It's an honor. Well, thanks. Uh, it's amazing to have you on, uh, sharing your story with us and stuff like that. And really excited to learn more about what you're doing at iGroove. But I guess before we jump into that, um, how about you tell us uh, a bit more about yourself, like where you're from and, and what you studied? Absolutely. So um, I am a bit of a country mouse turned city mouse. I originally grew up on a farm in Oregon, uh, moved to New York City when I was about 12 and uh studied psychology in Boston, actually, at Northeastern University. So my, my first job out of school was actually in neuropsychology, and I was testing patients with cognitive brain disorders or injuries or legitimately crazy people. So that was uh, far, uh, far away away from what I'm doing at iGroove right now. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the first time we've had somebody who, on the show with, with that kind of experience, but that's awesome. So how did that translate into sort of a passion for entrepreneurship? Yeah. So as much as I loved my job at the uh, neuropsych practice, um, it was very repetitive and I, I realized that it was not uh, the career path that I wanted. So I just up and quit that job with no plan, which I don't recommend, but I'm very glad that I did. I actually have a background as a ballet dancer. I was dancing professionally before going to college. And so I really missed nurturing that creative side of myself. So I, I quit my neuropsych job and I started two small businesses of my own. One was a, a feminist sweatpants company. <laughs> and all that means is I decided that the, the sweatpants and the, the leisure wear that is sold to women by Victoria's Secret uh, that's all tight and has things written on the butt. It's really not what anyone wants, any woman that I know wants when she comes home from a rough day at work and wants a glass of wine. You want something really baggy. You want your, your boyfriend's sweatpants, but made for women. So I, <laughs> I started that. Seems and, legit. And uh, yeah, it was super legit. <laughs> and um, I also started a catering company 
where I was making uh, food, but also healthy recipe videos. And I'll talk a little bit more about about Wistia uh, a little later, but that's eventually how I found uh, Wistia um, and started getting into video through that. So yeah, the, the experience of like following some ideas of my own taught me a ton and also um, gave me this thirst for continuing to do that, whether or not it was my own idea. That's amazing. Neuropsych to sweatpants to catering. And then you mentioned Wistia. So on that topic, can you tell us a bit more about Wistia and how you created the opportunity to work there? Yeah. So Wistia is video hosting for businesses. There's video hosting software with a suite of marketing analytics on the back end. And like I mentioned, I got into videos by creating these recipe videos in my bedroom at home. (laughs) And the way that I figured out how to do that is because on Wistia's blog, their videographer, Chris Levine, made this blog post that was a DIY lighting kit. So for under a hundred bucks, you can go to Home Depot and you can get everything you need to make a professional looking lighting kit in your house. And so I, I did it. I, I bought that stuff and I started making videos on my own. And I also kind of got swept up into the existing Wistia blog and sort of fan base. And I have to admit that I just really missed collaborating with people. And it seemed like um, a good opportunity as I was also running out of money um, after working on my own ideas to see if if there were any open positions. So they did have a community position open and it it was a pretty lucky thing. That's amazing. So as part of a community manager at Wistia, you were part of creating the community section on the Wistia site and grew it to 20,000 members. And you also grew their social profiles by five times. How did you approach building community at Wistia? Yeah, so um, I actually feel really lucky um, in... And how I did all of this stuff. Um, And maybe that's like discounting myself a little bit too much. But honestly, I have never seen people love a B2B brand as much as people love Wistia. And (laughs) it was it was crazy to me, um, but very well deserved. So there was there was a huge amount of engagement and there was a huge demand for a community for Wistia. And what I really did and how I approached that was just by learning from the existing conversations that were happening in the comments of their learning center videos and the comments of their blog and tried to make a home for those comments in those conversations so that they could develop even further. Wistia is well known for having an amazing content strategy. That's huge props to Elise Courier for developing that But at the same time, uh, before I joined, Wistia was the expert. And so a lot of video people weren't learning from each other. They were only looking to Wistia, and that's not very scalable. So I really, I worked to try to almost play matchmaker for people who were customers and community members and build a space where it was evenly matched between experts and the people who needed help. And Wistia always tries to make things fun because in general, B2B can be a little bit boring. but the the Wistia community is a pretty lively place. That's amazing. So you also regularly speak at conferences and produce all kinds of content for Wistia. So what what are your thoughts on the content creation? How do you do it? And what's the take on video? Yeah, so I was super lucky to be able to to speak actually at different places around the country, which I have to admit is not, not something that I ever thought before joining Wistia that I would ever do. So it's just another thing that was really amazing about that experience. When it comes to content, I think it's really important to not be too precious about what you're making because even with a, with a brand that has a, an audience like Wistia does, there's 
a chance that you're going to post something and you spent so much time on it. And for whatever reason, not that many people see it. And that's just the worst. So <laughs> um, there are obviously ways that you can try to ensure that doesn't happen. But I think it's really important to just not be so precious about what you're making and focus on the practice of making things that are really valuable to people. And I think anytime that what you're creating actually has a purpose and really answers a need that people have, that's when it's valuable. So that's that also played into how we created the community at Wistia is really what are people, what do people care about? What are the goals that they're working towards at work, um, even personally? How can the content or the community we make answer and help them reach those goals? About video in particular when it comes to content, I mean... I'm a huge believer in the fact that video can personalize your brand. Video makes makes you seem like a real human person because you are. <laughs> mm -hmm. And being able to see someone instead of just read their words makes you trust the person more, uh, makes you really believe what they're saying. It's a whole different way of engaging with someone's message. And I think... I think there's there's one aspect to, to video that I learned personally at Wistia that I feel like not a lot of people have talked about yet. And that is when your customers feel like they know you, that can also have some adverse effects. I mean, I think obviously being a woman in the tech industry, you have to deal with a lot of sexism uh, in general. But I noticed that being on video and being super accessible seems some to some people like an invitation for comments. Um, and when I was at Wistia, I, I definitely tried to support a lot of the other women in the company in how we would respond to some of those emails that were inappropriate. It's kind of crazy and you wouldn't like to think that it happens, but I think it's really important to talk about that and uh, to acknowledge that that does happen. Wow. Um, yeah. that, that women who put themselves on video uh, in further work... <laughs> often get a lot of emails uh, that are really inappropriate. So That's kind of insane. Yeah, just a little, a little aside, but something that I think is really important to address out there. Yeah, no, for sure. So you, you also um, are the co-organizer of Wistia Fest, which on its second year attracted 300 participants. So how do you approach launching and growing a conference? And are there any like secrets to, that you would share with others on building uh, a reputation around the conference? Yeah. And shout out to Kristen Kraft, who uh, was the, the leader of Wistia Fest and um, co-organizer for the second year. She did an amazing job with that conference. Uh, our approach was really driven by uh, the idea of user-generated content. So for us, that meant really leaning on our community members and the people who had risen to the top of the community as leaders, uh, meaning they were helping other people. They were already interested in teaching other people how to use video better for their business. So it became kind of a no-brainer that they would make great workshop leaders for other attendees of the conference. That was a, a huge get because instead of having to search far and wide for experts in the video marketing space, which is hard to do, we had some who already loved the brand and who we had sort of helped create and helped reach that position. So I think no matter what the topic of your conference is, um, you can find people who feel that way about your company or your brand and really make sure that they, uh, they have a hand in building the conference with you because those internal motivators are just so strong. It, it leads to a much better experience for everyone. 
Yeah, and then and then in general, it's it's sort of I feel like a conference is an in person community. So I approach it in a very similar way as I do anything community related. I mean, you just have to put yourself in the shoes of an attendee in this case. What what's blocking them from getting there? What do they want? What are they trying to do? For a lot of people, they have to go ask their boss for money. I mean, that's hard. <laughs> so how can you help them with some of those things that are really hard? And obviously have have great food and uh, food trucks if possible. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Some good insights. So continuing the, the theme of video, um, you're currently the head of community at iGroove. So what is iGroove and how did you create the opportunity to join the team there? Yeah, so iGroove is a an iPhone app, Android version coming soon. iGroove is about daily creative video communication. Right now, that is in the form of social music video. So you can create a video to any song that's on iTunes, and there are live filters and effects that are applied over it. So you can get really trippy effects, you can get crazy kaleidoscope mirror effects, or you can do things that are just really simple and beautiful if you um, go somewhere on the weekend, for example. So iGerv was co-founded by uh, Scott Snibby, who actually uh, was one of the creators of After Effects. So this is someone who is really a genius in the video effects realm and like video software realm. Um, and that's one of the big things that drew me to the company is he has been in this game for quite a while. He's also made uh, interactive video apps for Bjork and other music artists. And I just thought, man, this is a really interesting opportunity <laughs> that uh, really speaks to my love for video, but in a really, um, really creative way. Yeah, absolutely. It's super cool. I've been a little obsessed with it, even though I haven't posted quite quite as many. Um, you guys just tripped me, I think, on, on one of my first tweets, like, hey, I where's did. your first I grew? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, damn it. Um, but called I, you out. I, I, I guess I'm, you know, a lurker. Like, I was just mesmerized right away by all the different types of content and that sort of Discover community page I thought was incredible in the way you guys approach, just like you mentioned, you know, those weekend challenges or um, some of the ideas for creating your first groove. And then really as, as a, a little bit of a product person, just the way that it's, it's so easy to create a video, you guys kind of inspire me to want to make more videos. So I guess on that thread, what's your day-to-day role like as head of community um, and sort of what's involved in your job and how do you get people to jump in, lurkers like me, how do you get them to jump in and, and do more stuff? Oh, man. Yeah. That, well, first of all, I have to say that I saw your groove and it was someone snowboarding down the street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, where was that? Uh, right here in Ottawa. So it was okay. just a couple of weeks ago, actually. And and it was just kind of like a Casey Nysat, the YouTuber. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. So that's why I took that video because I was like, oh, look at this guy right in front of Parliament, which is like our version of the White House. I was <laughs> just like, oh, look at this. God. That's proof that those like disclaimers, like do not try this at home, do not work at all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So yeah, what's my day-to-day role like at Iger? Oh man. So it's about an eight-person team. So I do a little bit of everything. And I think that's really normal. And that's uh, that's part of why uh, we love working at a startup, right? So I, I thought a little bit about what I did just today. And today I have, I've done mostly in-app communication uh, with our community members. So that's liking on people's videos, commenting on people's videos, making friends within the community, which is one of the most fun parts of my job. I've also been engaging with our ambassadors and getting them to help engage the community from the ground up, answering support emails, social media, doing ad buys for marketing, 
a lot of product research at this point too, like looking at what other cool apps are out there. What can we learn from them? Where is our app going? What's the critical path as far as uh, our, our market goes for our app? I also feature all of the best content that's in the app. So I have to keep an eye out every once in a while for really great videos. And then it's a lot of also feature definition and testing. So is the thing that we're building next, is it looking exactly right? Is it looking like something that people want? Um, it's a whole mixed bag of things. That's awesome. So you said something pretty interesting uh, right at the start that I just wanted to dive a little bit deeper into, uh, community ambassadors. So what? who are those people? How did you guys put that, I guess, program or identify these people? Um, and, and what purpose do they serve in, in sort of building out a community for, for this kind of uh, you know consumer app? Yeah, absolutely. So we don't have a fully fledged ambassador program at the moment, but we're sort of testing some different models to see, um, to evaluate their impact. And uh, the one that we have now is I identified people who just seem to love the app as is. It was very nice of you to say that it's easy to make a video in iGroove right now. <laughs> I think we have uh, some work to do on that to make it even easier. So I've been really impressed by uh, a handful of people who are just creating videos nonstop, 30 videos a day with extra effects and all of this. Um, so what, what the ambassador program is really is identifying which of those high quality creators seem to express an interest in talking to other people and encouraging other creators. I think it's really important to not force that upon people and to not choose ambassadors who are just looking for stardom, but ones who are already showing an interest and in commenting on other people's groups. So our ambassador program, what it looks like at this point is I have reached out to these high quality creators and I send them batches of new users every few days and they go onto the app and they give those new users a whole bunch of love and encouragement. Um, it also means that they're giving them tips on how to create better videos and sort of spreading the reach of those high quality people throughout the community. That's awesome. That's a really cool uh, approach. Yeah, it's definitely um, heavy on the qualitative right now. But uh, as we're still trying to reach product market fit, um, we found that obviously positive reinforcement is uh, one of the biggest sort of qualitative uh, drivers of news or retention. So it's something that we're experimenting with right now. Awesome. Cool. Uh, you'll have to keep us posted on, on how yeah. that goes. So you mentioned that a little bit uh, earlier, but what really is it about video uh, as a medium that, that you, 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 know, you sort of gravitate towards or, or even love? I love, so I mentioned earlier that I have a professional dance background, um, so I'm a performer. So there's there's a bit of me that, I don't know that I love being on camera, but there's a bit of me that gets that like excited, nervous feeling on camera and um, that, uh, that, that loves the performance aspect of video in general. So that's, that's one thing that I love about it. But I also, I really think that video brings people together. Um, and makes you feel like you know someone, uh, whether you're watching an edited video of their weekend or whether you're watching someone's Snapchat story. It really has this connective effect that I think is really powerful and will only continue to become more powerful. I also think there's an interesting phenomenon going on right now uh, when you look at YouTube culture, people who post a lot of Snapchat stories. 
It reminds me of the early forum days. I think, well, I don't know about you guys, but I definitely have some, not embarrassing, but uh, <laughs> teenage internet forum stories of like dark corners of the internet <laughs> um, that are near and dear to my heart. But I think there's an interesting thing going on right now, like I said, on YouTube and Snapchat stories, where the stars of these video platforms are not necessarily people who would feel comfortable being on stage. They're introverts who have like found their performance calling through video. And I think that's, that's a really interesting trend that I am continuing to watch. But I don't know if you guys have a, have a similar experience, but I think it's sort of like video in this weird backwards way is sort of the new introvert culture. <laughs> mm, that's, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, you'll see a lot of, a lot of uh, YouTube stars are also really into Tumblr. Um, and Tumblr is the absolute king of smart, introverted, loner teens. Cool. Yeah. No, uh, I've started. I've started using more and more of those kind of video apps. Um, you know, didn't get Snapchat for a long time, and then all of a sudden, really, really just started going through a bunch of stories and starting to follow people, and it makes a lot more sense. And you know, I, I kind of found the same thing with uh, with iGroove. You know, kind of like it's a mix between YouTube and, and Tumblr, and maybe a little bit of Instagram too. I thought it was it was yeah. really cool from from that sort of just lurking and, and watching what other people are doing. I don't know about turning turning the camera onto myself just yet, but. Um, <laughs> Not as photogenic as Tyler. <laughs> it has to happen. You should take the little video right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should actually. Peer pressure. Peer pressure. It's the it's the way to make more videos. Um, so <laughs> maybe maybe a little bit uh, just, just out of curiosity, how do you how did you find the transition from a B two B product to a B two C product? What are some of the differences or um, lack of differences maybe in the approach that you take towards building communities now? So I loved working at Wistia, but working for a consumer product is so much fun. <laughs> I, I think that, uh, you know, at, at Wistia, there are a lot of people in the community who I, I keep in touch with. And I think we would all agree that we worked really hard in that Wistia community just as friends and with community members to make things, to make our work feel more fun. And working in a B2C space, it's a whole different ballgame. It's you're really dealing with creators who are are way out there and who don't uh, need any encouragement to make things more exciting. So that's very fun. As far as um, differences or lack thereof in the in the community approach, I think at this point, at this stage, when we're trying to find product market fit, community much more closely resembles product or a mixture between product and marketing right now. It really informs the direction of the product by determining what people want, both in the market and uh, from existing users. And it really measures the success or failure of product experiments. Um, you know, is, is something you thought people wanted what they really wanted? So it's, it's really interesting um, when you don't have an established foundation yet. That's really where I think community lies. And certainly that's more of what uh, I've been doing here at iGroup. That's amazing. So there's this hashtag video weekend or WKD. So what is it and how do people participate in it? Yeah. So video weekend is a, a really fun project that I started at Wistia. And the idea was that if you're trying to make a video for your business, like most Wistia customers are, it can feel so high pressure. And like there are really high stakes on that video because it's affecting your work and your company. So you should learn instead some video techniques 
in your free time and in making a social, fun, casual video. So the idea is really just to, with a camera or just your phone, capture little clips of your weekend, set it to music, and then share it on social media with the Video Weekend hashtag. Um, There's a landing page that collects all of the best ones. And it became a really fun way just to sort of look into people's weekends. Um, It was before I was using Snapchat. So it's a little bit of a Snapchat story, but on desktop. (laughs) That's amazing. What was uh, your favorite video out of all them that have uh, contributed to it? Oh, man. Um, There's there's definitely some that um, a Wistia community member named Austin Saylor has made. Um, (laughs) He has a a Frenchie named Willoughby, (laughs) who I'm obsessed with. (laughs) <laughs> um, he knows this, so this is not too creepy. Um, but yeah, anytime Willoughby is in one of his video weekend videos, it just makes me smile. That's amazing. I'm going to have to check out uh, that video. <laughs> so what's next for iGroove in 2016? Yeah, so definitely more crazy filters. But I think the big direction that we are moving in is really looking to change the way that people communicate using video and having video communication be as simple and easy as sending a text message. A lot of that is potentially moving away from this social media model that is just feels so old and tired mm-hmm. and moving more toward a sort of intimate communication and creating videos that are shared with people who really want to see them. That's amazing. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing the transition that you guys will be going through in 2016. Awesome. So on the topic of applications, what are some of the most recent apps that you've uh, downloaded lately? Yeah, so one, one app that went around the iGroup office is called Byte, B-Y-T-E. And basically, you can create, I don't even know how to describe these things. You can create little pages in the iPhone app and add videos, add GIFs add uh, music that you even make. It's just sort of this weird explosion of internet nostalgia. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. It's, it's, it looks a little insane or intense. It, it is absolutely insane, I, <laughs> <laughs> I will say. And it's, it's really, really fun. I'm not exactly sure what to do with it once I've made it, <laughs> but it's really fun. So I'm just like fixated on these pictures and curious to see what... Uh, what you can do with them. So are you actually able to share like each page after it's completed? I like, think so. Yeah. I think so. Um, I will say that I love, love Byte for, uh, I was originally looking at it for like branding research and also um, user interface research. Um, they have some really interesting things in the creation flow of just how things kind of pop up at you. So that's really cool to check out if you're into UI stuff. Another one that actually um, uh, intern Kehlani uh, turned me on to because she's a cool teen and I'm not. Uh, (laughs) Tyler, the creator, has his own app for his media company called Golf Media. And it's one of the coolest apps that I've ever seen. It's, I think, a great example of a direction that I think a lot of celebrity brands are going to go in that he has his own app where you can see all of the projects that he's working on. So it has his most uh, recent music video. It has his podcast. It has his clothing line. It has all sorts of things um, in a subscription model. And Mm. it is really, really well designed. I highly recommend checking it out. I know, that's interesting. 
Um, one other last one that I want to mention that is in like the fun creative space is um, Visco, uh, which is usually used to edit uh, awesome photos. Came out with this app called Disco, where you can make a GIF really easily. And I've found it to be really fun. And it's just like a super simple creation interface. So definitely play with that one too. Wow, these are amazing app recommendations. I'm I'm actually in the process of downloading Byte, and I'm definitely going to check out Tyler the Creator app next. But um, do you have any uh, recommendations on great content that you've read lately, either book, blog, or uh, video? Because I have sort of fallen into having to learn a lot about product stuff, product and growth, actually. I've found uh, Andrew Chen's blog really helpful. I've just been sort of mainlining anything that he has on there related to growth, product, and mobile in particular. I also really like along that, on that front, uh, a book called Well Designed, which is about building products with empathy. That has been incredibly helpful. And also this book called Where Good Ideas Come From. Ed Williams recommended that as um, part of where he got a lot of the ideas for Medium. Um, and that is a fascinating look at how industrialization and cities really make innovation hyperactive and good ideas are really like bouncing all around when you bring a lot of people together. Very cool. Sounds like a really cool read. I'll have to check it out. It reminds me a little bit, uh, just based on your description about Richard Florida's uh, The Creative Class. Oh, yeah. I've um, heard about that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, so do you have any last thoughts or, or personal models that you like to live by and you think others should know about? I am not so much of a DJ Khaled as far as like my personal mottos. He seems to be like whipping those out at every turn. <laughs> but I know, I know that one thing um, that I think has really been reinforced by that uh, where good ideas come from book actually is that working hard is really, really important. And I also think taking breaks is really important in order to improve your work. And I don't just mean that from a cognitive resources or stress perspective, but I have had a crazy background. Like <laughs> I have bounced around from a lot of different things from ballet to neuropsych to now, like what am I doing in a startup? I have no idea what I'm doing, <laughs> but really that cross disciplinary experience and even things that I do on the weekend, if it's just going for a hike or something, like I end up learning how to do my job better or coming up with an idea that is sparked by taking a break. So that's why I love going to museums and trying to, to just learn things, even if they don't seem related to my work. So this is definitely not my personal motto, but Justin Kahn, has the, who's the founder of Twitch and um, current partner at Y Combinator. He has a tweet that's pinned to the top of his profile that I think I initially laughed at, but it has become so valuable as just sort of a daily reminder, especially um, if you're having an argument with someone in your startup um, or someone is uh, really tempted to just copy a competitor. I have definitely whipped this one out. And it's that your startup is not competing against other startups. It's competing against no one giving a shit. I love it. It's so and true. It's so true, right? And so that's definitely something that um, I think in a lot of things that I'm doing, but uh, it has come up in several conversations at iGroup. That's like, whatever we do next, like attention is so precious. And that's really all you're competing for is just people's attention and whether or not they care at all. So that's a good one. Shout out to Justin Khan for that. 
That's awesome. That's some great insight. Elise, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us today. It was amazing to have you on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Well, that's about it for this episode of Hack to Start. You can find all the important links beneath the show. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Hack to Start and sign up for our newsletter to know about all the latest episodes, behind the scenes content, and more. Thanks for listening and see you next time.